0: Would you turn, please, this morning to Romans, the 8th chapter? Are there any good verses in Romans 8? Is this a good church? It's a good work? A blessed people? Amen. And you're on the increase in every way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used to tell my students at Raymond when I taught there for years, I'd have them confess every morning, I'm quick, I'm sharp, I'm bright, I'm good looking, very rich, and a major blessing. Amen. Amen. They, they'd laugh sometimes, but I was serious. I, I want them to believe that. Uh, you don't want to believe you're slow and dumb and ugly and broke <laughs> and a major pain to everybody that you're around, do you? You don't want to believe that. Sometimes people make fun, you know, because we confess good things. But uh, you don't want to confess the other day. Do you? you don't want to be believing for that. No. So won't you try it out loud. I'm quick. I'm, quick. I'm bright. I'm, bright. I'm, sharp. I'm sharp. Good looking. I'm very, rich. Very, rich. very rich. And a major blessing. A major blessing. Hallelujah. A major blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. That'll help you out. Romans chapter 8, and also go ahead and find 2 Corinthians 13, so you can just go straight from one to the other. Romans 8, 2 Corinthians 13. I believe the Lord has put something on our heart, and uh, unless the Lord leads another direction, I uh, have it in my heart to build on what we're going to start this morning. And so, uh of course, it'd behoove you if you could be in all the services, I believe, not just because of me, but because the Lord's our teacher. Amen. The Holy Spirit's here. And he'll say things to you that I didn't say, say things in between the lines, say things about what was said, and just tailor it just for you. Well, you wouldn't want to miss something that the Holy Ghost has tailored just for you. And the enemy is the master of distraction. Did you know that? I mean, he is a master at it. He's really, really good at it. And so if you let him, he'll distract you. And, you know, you'll miss something. And and the problem with it is when you miss something, you don't realize what you missed. Because you missed it. Hmm? Let me give you an example. Some years ago... There was a young man that Phyllis and I had staying with us for a little while. He was really in a bad way. he needed help in a lot of areas, and uh, we were endeavoring to help him and so we we were in town that weekend we went we we three went to church, Phyllis myself, and this young man and, and uh, we sat up close to the front, and the minister, the pastor took his text and was uh beginning a message and about 10 minutes into the message, he, he got off on something that I mean was exactly what this young man needed to hear. He walked over on our side of the platform and stood just feet from us. And I mean, God was talking to this young man. I'm sure the pastor didn't know it. But God was talking through the pastor to this young man. But at that same time, There was some kind of little commotion in the back. You know, nothing huge, but some little something. And this young man, being easily distracted, turned around and was looking at that. And I started to reach over and bump him because I knew God's talking, trying to talk to him through this minister. And the Lord said, no, you just sit and just watch this. And I saw him look around and I could tell he was not hearing and seeing what was going on for his benefit. And it didn't last long, just a few minutes, and then the pastor went back to his main thoughts that he had started with. He turned back and walked back to his notes, and at the same time, this young man turned around and looked at the platform again, and I could tell he totally missed what the Lord was saying. And the Lord spoke to me. he said, this is happening constantly. People are missing what I'm saying, and they don't even realize it, because they're letting themselves be distracted. And I have found this if you if you're going to develop in God if you're going to develop in in feeding and studying the word if you're going to develop uh, in prayer if you're going to develop in faith you have to develop powers of concentration you've got to be able to come in and focus and not let anything pull you off have you ever found when you're praying in tongues that uh you know the your, your spirit is speaking, but your mind doesn't understand what you're saying, and there can come, you know, all kind of thoughts to your mind. What about this? And what about endeavoring to pull your mind off on something else instead of on Him? And we're singing about that. Keep our minds stayed on the Lord. So not just this morning and and and, but throughout the week and throughout your life. There's nothing more important than what the Lord's saying and doing. Right? So don't let yourself, whether it's you sitting, you know, with your Bible reading at home. We live in a um, a congested, information-glutted society. And listen to me, you don't need three radios and two TVs going at the same time while you're trying to read your Bible and talking on the phone at the same time and You know, people think that actually it's it's a form of pride to believe that you can genuinely handle all these things at one time and really give any substantial amount of attention to it. Just because you got through it didn't mean it did you much good. Just because your eyes scanned the pages on the Bible and you covered X amount of material, that's not what it's about. Just because you came to church and you sat during the period of time, nodded your head and said hallelujah, that's not what it's about. If your mind was on work and on your family and on yourself and on any other number of things, instead of hearing what the Lord was saying and doing, then in some cases, for all the good it would have done you, you could have been somewhere else. And that's not what, that's not why the Lord says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to focus. Not, not on man, on God. Amen? On the Word of God, on the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, if all of us, you ever read in the book of Acts when they were all in one place? And what? And one mind. And one accord. The Holy Ghost manifested himself. Great things happened. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. You know, and when the Holy Ghost is moving, you know, the devil is blocked out. If, if every one of us was completely focused on God and wouldn't give the devil any mind time... It would be, it would, you know, he's still here, but it would be like he was behind a plate glass, looking in. He couldn't say anything, he couldn't do anything, because nobody would yield to him, so for all practical purposes, it'd be like he wasn't even here. And that's one way you resist the devil, is by ignoring him, not listening, and not yielding to what he's wanting to say and do. Can you say amen? So the thing that I have on my heart, we'll read this, well, let's just read the verse first, and then, then I'll say. In Romans 8, and you got your place in 2 Corinthians 13. In Romans 8, verse 14. Romans eight fourteen says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Why not you read that out loud with me? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many sons of God do I have in here? Now you understand there are male sons and there are female sons but we are all the sons and the children of God. Now, this word sons has the the meaning of maturing ones, not just babies, not just children, but sons that are maturing. And you'll find that maturing in God is inseparable from learning to be led by the Spirit of God. Babies are just learning. But as you grow and develop and mature, that's one of the benefits, one of the big benefits of growing and maturing in God, is that the things of God become more and more distinct to you. And you understand better. And you, and you recognize God quicker and better. Hallelujah. And so you're bolder to act on what you know is God. Because you get, you know, after you've heard from God and acted and it was God and it proved out and you did it again, heard from God and and you acted on it and it was God and and it happened 40 more times and a a thousand more times after a while when he speaks to you again, you go, that's God. (laughs) This has happened 5,000 times already and this is the same Holy Ghost and it worked wonderful the last thousand times and so I'm not even going to, you know, kick this around or debate about this. I'm just going to do it. Amen. And then, of course, it works wonderfully again because God's always right. And He always knows what He's talking about. I became convinced as a teenager. What would I have been? About 14 years old or so? I became convinced that if I could hear from God, I had it made. I did. I thought, man, if I can just ever get to where I can hear from God, I know I'll have it made. And now, a few years later, I'm more convinced than ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That if you can hear from God, you got it made. Because I had already made up my mind, I'm going to do what he, show, what he speaks to me to do. And how many believe if, if you do what the Lord speaks to you to do, it should work out? You're going to be okay. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be protected. You're going to prosper. You're going to increase. You're going to be healed. And so as I was seeking the Lord about our meetings and about you, this is the thing that came up in my heart. Hearing from God. Hallelujah. Hearing from the Lord. And unless He leads us another direction, that's what I'm, that's what I'm on. That's what I'm going to stay on. Amen. We're going to talk about hearing from the Lord. Hallelujah. How many believe your life is way better today because you've heard from the Lord? How many would like to hear from Him even better, even clearer? You can. I said you can the leadings of the Lord can be much more distinct to you, much, much clearer to you, much stronger to you than they are now. All of us can grow. There was one individual some years ago. He piped up, and and he he said, all these people that are always saying they, they, they heard from God, God told them this, and God told them that, that bothers me. He said, that just bothers me. All these people tell me God said this and God told me this and, and God said that. Another fellow said, It's all these people he said that never hear from God that bother me. <laughs> well, it is true that there are people that say God said when he didn't say. Mm, mm-hmm. it's true. But that doesn't do away with the fact that he says, and he speaks, and it's genuine and it's real. And there are people that have gotten all confused and said the Lord told them to do something, and he didn't. And you and I, I mean, I don't care who you are. You go very far walking with the Lord. You've made some mistakes, what you thought was the Lord. Or, or you know, sometimes, you and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but, you know, you can genuinely hear from the Lord and put your own interpretation on it, and miss it. Maybe maybe you heard right what he said, but you assumed he meant this. I mean, we've done that with each other. I mean, you can do that with human beings, and how much more so with God. But that's, that's for later. But this scripture says that we as sons of God as those growing and developing can expect to be and should be led by the Spirit of God. It would help you just to say that frequently. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I'm a son of God and I'm led by the Spirit of God. It'll help you tremendously to just get your words in line with, with the Word. With the Bible, I've had people come to me before and say, "Brother Keith, you know, I'm I'm facing this big situation in my life. I, I mean, this is a big decision. If I if I make the wrong decision here, it could really cost me. It could really mess up my life. And I've prayed and I've sought God. Some even said I've fasted. And I just can't seem to hear from God about this. I just I can't seem to get this clear. I, I'm doing everything I know to do, but I, man, I hope I don't miss it. I, I don't want to miss it. I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision. Can you help me? I said, yeah, first of all, your words are styled against the Lord. The Bible did not say you can't hear from God. What did the Bible say in John 10? Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. 1 John 2 says, you have an unction or an anointing of the Holy One and you don't know? No, it says, you know all things. So to begin to confess and get your words, I mean, even when your mind is not clear on it, out of your spirit begin to say, I'm his son, I'm his daughter, I'm his child, I am led of him. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'll make the right decision. I'll do the right thing. And sometimes your head will say, yeah, but we don't know, we don't have a clue. Say, shut up, head. I'm being led. Say it out loud, shut up, head. Shut up, head. I'm, being led. I'm being led. Didn't Proverbs three say, "Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding." Now, it didn't say, "Don't use your understanding. Just don't trust on it. Don't lean on it. Don't depend on that. Depend. Use your head. You know, use your head. God gave you a mind." Use it. Find out what you can. Think about it. Look at it. Make some phone calls. Check out some things. Talk to some people if you need to. But in the final analysis, trust what you get in here. Even if it's different from what seems reasonable to your head, go with what you get in your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So don't let your words be against what the Bible says concerning you confess all the time, I'm being led, I'm being directed. He's ordering my steps. I'll go the right way. We'll make the right decisions. We'll do the right thing. Amen? And especially say it when it seems like you don't know. And there may be times when you think you know, but what you know is wrong. So say it anyway, even when you think you know. Say, I'm being led, I'm being directed. I hear his voice. I know his voice, a stranger's voice I won't follow. I have an anointing inside me. I'm being led. I'm being directed. I'll do the right thing. I'll make the right decisions. And that gives God something to work with. That opens the door for the Holy Spirit in your life to reveal to you. you talk in faith. You're yielding. You're cooperating. Turn to your other scripture, if you would, please. Second Corinthians. You're holding your place there. Second Corinthians. Chapter 13. Does anybody have a witness about this? Would this be a good way for us to go in these services? Good. Good. 2 Corinthians 13. Verse 14. Says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of of the holy ghost be with you all amen the grace of the lord jesus the love of god and the what communion communion of the holy ghost this word communion means fellowship same word for fellowship a sharing in common Now, we're led how? Romans 8, 14 tells us how we're led. By the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Like one individual said, you know, they they came and said, what is it? You know, talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, right away, you know, they don't know much about Him. Because Him is not it. I mean, the pole is it. The chair is it but you're not in it, right? Would you be blessed if we referred to you as it? You walk in the church, we went, there it is. (laughs) It, in our language, refers to inanimate objects. A bucket, a shoe, a purse, but not a person. But there's still a whole lot of people referring to the Holy Spirit as it. And in their mind, the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force or power. They, they think of the Holy Spirit as maybe like, uh, like electricity, uh, like just like, like some form of power. Well, uh, there are some of the characteristics of electricity and power that you can attribute to the Holy Spirit, but that's not so much what he is, uh, it's, it's attributes that he has. He is a person. A knowable person, you can't fellowship with a chair. Can you? Can't fellowship with this pole, this beam. You can't fellowship with jewelry or clothes. Now, people try to. (laughs) But it's going to be all give and no receive. (laughs) (laughs) Because that jewelry is not going to love you back. Is it? And those clothes are not going to love you back. They can't. You can't fellowship with a car. People really try on this one. (laughs) Talk about my baby. (laughs) I know something about this because I tried years ago. Oh, back when I was a teenager... I did my best to fellowship with motorcycles and cars. Oh, man, yeah, I'd spend hours in the garage with them, stroking them and polishing them, talking to them. But I never got one ounce of love out of any of them (laughs) because, you know, People paint this package, but when it's all removed, it's just steel and plastic and rubber. Hmm? It's a thing. But this phrase says, the what of the Holy Spirit? The communion. Oh, hallelujah. Communion. Fellowship. You know, the thing that gives us a place in the in the kingdom of God, in the church of the Lord, in the body of the Lord, is our relationship with our Father God through Jesus. But the joy of relationship is fellowship. And that's what we've been called to. Back up a few pages to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Everybody said out loud, communion. Of the Holy Ghost. Does that sound good to you? Communion of the Holy Ghost. We're led by the Spirit of God. Now, one one thing again, this is a little foretaste of what we will probably get to. But can you see here, communion doesn't denote just rare, spectacular experiences. Communion denotes ongoing, continual, constant sharing back and forth, right? Brother Kenneth Hagin said uh, that a number of years ago the Lord spoke to his heart. He said, so many of my people are seeking after the spectacular and all the while missing the supernatural." We need to get away from this concept of when I'm in a real straits, I'm in a real situation of duress, then I can really go in and pray hard and fast and God will speak to me maybe in a voice uh, or maybe I'll have a vision and I can hear from God. Well, there can be spectacular experiences, but that's not the way the Lord intended for us to live, is just do our own thing and lean to our own understanding most of the time, but then in times of duress, press in and have a spectacular hearing. No, there's supposed to be this continuous, ongoing communion and fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He's, He's closer than your heartbeat. Hallelujah! He's more constant than your breath. I mean, you—I mean, you get close to people that live in your house. You'd be even closer to somebody that lived in your clothes. How <laughs> many? That'd be pretty close. I mean, if y'all lived in the same clothes, how about somebody that lives in your spirit, inside you? Twenty-four hours a day. That's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. The world doesn't know him. But you know him because he's with you. And what did he say? And he shall be in you. That's one of the things that makes our covenant so much better than the other covenant. They didn't have that. The Holy Ghost would come on the prophet and anoint him to prophesy, come on the king and anoint him to rule, come on the deliverer and anoint him to deliver, but they didn't have the abiding presence of the Holy Ghost, and most people didn't have the Holy Ghost in them or on them. They wanted to hear from God, they had to go find the prophet or go ahead and ask somebody to inquire of the Lord for them. Oh, but the prophet said, in that day they'll not say one to another, know the Lord, for they'll all know me. From the least to the greatest, all of us can be, should be hearing from God day and night. Well, it must be so that people are, are are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural, because there's a whole lot of Christians they're not aware of the Lord speaking to them most of the time, and yet we have the on, we should have the ongoing communion of the Holy Ghost, but before these meetings are over. I believe it should be so real to us. I believe the Lord's wanting it to be so real to us that from the time we get up in the morning, all through our day, we're just communing with the Holy Ghost, and so we don't have to stop and pray out loud or, or shout or I mean, just just while we're getting ready in the morning, we're communing with the Holy Ghost in our heart, and he and we're we're, we're asking about things. What about work? What about the kids? What about this? What do I do about this? And hearing. Uh, Not just talking, but also hearing from Him. And friend, if you hear from God, I said, if you hear from God, you got your answer. And if you'll just do what He said, it's going to work. You're going to come out. Hallelujah. Are you just a little bit excited? Just Just a little bit at least. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians, are you there? 1 Corinthians, first chapter, ninth verse. Everybody say, hearing from God. Hearing from God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1 9. What's the first phrase? God is faithful. I could shout about that right there. Can anybody else testify and say, God has been faithful to me? Has he been there for you? Did he answer your prayer? Did he heal your body? Did he meet your financial need? Again and again and again. said out loud. God is faithful. Woo, hallelujah. God is faithful. They come too late to tell me he's not. How about you? I mean, it'd be like coming to a guy, uh, doing a backstroke in a pool and telling him, Ain't no water in that pool. <laughs> he's wet, okay? You can't tell him that. And they can't tell us God's not faithful. He, he is faithful. It goes on to say, God is faithful by whom you're called. Unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's a lot of talk about the calls of God on our life. And we're all called. Not not everyone is called to be a preacher or teacher, stand behind a pulpit, not everybody's called to stand up on the platform, and sing or Uh, or lead prayer, but everybody's called to be a witness, amen, to be ever ready to give an answer of the hope that's in you. How many believe that every Christian ought to be able to tell somebody else about Jesus and what he means to them without hesitation, without being ashamed, right? Anybody wants to know, you're quick to tell them. Humbly, but boldly. And so all of us are, I mean, sometimes people, uh, Christians begin to get serious about God and they press in. And they say, I just feel like I'm called. I just feel like I've got a call on my life. Every one of us has a call on our life. And you do need to seek God and find out what that is. And, and you, most of the time, you don't know. You won't know too much about the full call. He'll just give you some direction of a step to take. And you're not going to see the whole picture. You won't know the next step till you take the first one. I know a young man was talking to me years ago, and he's talking about this great call he felt like he had on his life. I just felt like I got this great call. And he had done nothing but just sit around, and as the years passed, just done basically nothing. And I was praying about it some time later, and the Lord said to me, he said, I told him two things to do. And he has not done them. And until he does those two things, nothing else will be forthcoming. He said, I do have a call on his life. I told him to get a job and keep it. And I told him to go to church and be faithful. And he said, until he does those two things, nothing else will be forthcoming about the call on his life. That's a word from the Lord. Get a job and keep it. Go to church and be faithful. <laughs> Sometimes people are trying to make it so much more complicated. Well, I just feel like I got this great call and this it's a mystery. It's a mystery. No, <laughs> do what you've already been told and it won't be so nearly so mysterious. But the first call, you know, I, Phyllis and I acknowledged some years ago, decades ago now, that we had a call on our life to preach the gospel and and to teach and travel. But before that call, and before whatever call is on your life, first and foremost is this call, the call to fellowship. Hallelujah. If you don't answer this call and, and abide in this call you'll never be able to fulfill any other call. Jesus, if you study his life and ministry in the gospel accounts, Jesus said, I do what I see my Father do. I say what I hear him say. Well, how did he and where and when did he see the Father do anything? Or hear the Father say, it was through and it is through this continued fellowship. This communion. Yeah, he prayed, spent a lot of time in prayer. Sometimes all night in prayer. But it wasn't just times. How many believe Jesus is communing with the Father all the time? While he's walking down the road, while he's ministering to people, you can see him uh, purposely wait to hear from God in certain situations before he responded. And when you abide in this call of communing with Him and communing with the Holy Ghost, then that'll be the source through which the fruit will flow to answer and fulfill any other call on your life. What's the first call? Fellowship. Communion. Fellowship with the Lord. Why don't you turn with me to Second Peter, the first chapter. I'm going to begin talking about now the first and most basic way that we hear from God. Are you with me? 2 Peter, the first chapter. I'm talking about now the first and most basic way that we hear from God. In verse sixteen, Second Peter one sixteen says, "For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty." He's saying we we're not just telling you something that somebody made up and told us. We were there. We saw it. For he received, verse 17, he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So you know the situation that he's talking about. Remember Jesus went up into a high mountain, you remember that? And he took with him Peter, and this is second Peter. Peter, James, and John, he took them up there. And how that they, they had an experience. Jesus was transfigured, I mean his his clothes and he became bright white and shining, and a cloud came and enveloped them, and there came a voice, and the Father God spoke out of the cloud. Does God speak? Hallelujah. I mean this is a spectacular. Demonstration of God speaking and communing. And he spoke and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He went on to say, and this voice which came from heaven we heard. I mean, to them, I guess it was audible. When we were with him in the holy mount. Now get this, though. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Well, now, what, in, what could be more sure than standing with Jesus on a mountaintop, Him glowing like a light bulb, and the glory cloud comes and sits on you, and the Almighty Father God speaks out of the cloud. You can hear it with your ears. You can see the cloud with your eyes. You can see Jesus. You might think, well, this is just about as solid of hearing God as you can get. No. Peter said no. We've got a what? Is there something more sure than that? Some of you looking at me funny. I'm reading the Bible now, right? <laughs> Is there something more sure than seeing the glory and hearing an audible voice? Yes. Yes. We have a more sure word of prophecy where until you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture... So what's he talking about? He's talking about Scriptures. Are the Scriptures more sure word than hearing a voice from heaven? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. But the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They didn't just, it wasn't their own private interpretation of what needed to be said. God moved on them by His Spirit and spoke through them, and it was recorded for us. And we know that not everything that Jesus said and did was recorded, but the Holy Ghost handpicked, you might say, what He wanted us to have. And how many believe that this book, the recorded words of the Lord, is as sure as it gets? This is the most sure way of hearing from God that there is. Now, most people will agree with you when you say that, but you have to reiterate because I have talked to people more than once that are ignoring or setting aside things in this book to believe and go with something that they said they got through a vision or a dream, or an experience, or heard a voice. I must have been 15 years ago now, this certain individual came in, he kept wanting to talk to me, wanting to talk to me, and actually wanted to talk to Brother Hagan, but he wasn't available, and a lot of times they sent him to me if Brother Hagan wasn't available, and of course they were disappointed when they walked in the room, and it was me and not him. But, uh, most of, most of the time, vast majority of the time, five minutes into it, I'm so glad they weren't with Brother Hagan, because they had just wasted his time. Because a lot of people, they didn't want to hear, they just wanted you to listen. They wanted to tell you their story and and basically wanted your stamp of approval. Well, this guy, he went on and on and on about this experience that he had. He saw an angel, and this angel told him certain things. And uh, in the book of Acts, people had angelic visitations. I mean, this is legitimate that we can have an angelic visitation. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. And it doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, if you're, if you're around somebody and they're seeing angels a couple of three times a week, you might want to distance yourself a little bit. This kind of thing happens in the church, it does not happen for everybody, it does not happen all the time. If you read through the the book of Acts carefully, you'll find that some of these spectacular experiences like hearing a voice, having a vision, seeing an angel, uh, you'd have to add to the Bible to say they happened more than two or three or four times in somebody's lifetime. Did you hear me? It it seems more because you're seeing several different people's lives and ministry over decades of time. But uh, I'm just saying saying this as well. You could go all your life, never see an angel, never hear an audible voice, not have a vision. And it wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. It wouldn't mean that you're not spiritual. Did you hear me? It just meant that God didn't see fit to manifest in that way. It wasn't necessary. But what you can have and should have every day of your life is the leading of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Through the communion of the Holy Ghost and first and foremost through the Bible. I said through the Bible. Thank God for spectacular experiences. But don't believe every vision that somebody tells. Check it out. Check it by the word. Check it by your own heart. Every heaven story that somebody tells. Don't just swallow it all. Amen. We have a more sure word to check everything out with. This guy that I was telling you about, he went on and on and on. And as he was going on, he's contradicting scriptures. I'm thinking of scriptures, that, that, that can't be that way because the Bible says this. Well, he went on and on and on and on. Finally, he slowed down a little bit. I said, I said well, turn to such and such scripture. He turned there. I said, you know, read this. He read it. And, and, then, and then he just looked up at me. I said, now that doesn't exactly agree with what you're saying. He said, well, I don't care. I know I had an, uh, an experience. I said, I'm not doubting that you did. I'm not saying you didn't. He said, Well, if I saw an angel, then it'd have to be God. I said, No, not everything that's spiritual is God. I mean, you can have a a genuine spiritual experience. That doesn't mean it's God. I mean, demons are spirits, right? It's spiritual. So thank God for the more sure word. I said, thank God for the more sure word. Now And listen, the, the less you know of this book, the easier you are to deceive. The more you know of this book, the harder it is for anybody to put anything over on you. I don't care how flashy it sounds, you're going to be thinking Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. You think, oh, no, 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 wait up, wait up. What about 1 Corinthians? What about Romans? What about over in Mark? Hmm? Say it out loud. This is the more sure word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this, and then we'll close. When uh, Phyllis and I were still back in Mississippi, had no idea that God had a call on our lives, we began to listen to some good tapes, materials. I began to spend evenings with our tape player and taking notes with our Bible, which was unheard of for our community. Nobody did that. But the Lord was leading us, feeding us. And man, something began to happen in me. I got dissatisfied with my life. And again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you'll find that this can be part of the leading of the Lord. Divine dissatisfaction. Because if he just left you alone and you were perfectly satisfied out of the will of God, you'd never get to where you need to be. And so... I mean, it just, uh, the, the more I pressed in, the more I prayed, the stronger it got until I'm basically miserable. <laughs> and I'm sure not knowing, you know, any more than I did, I'm sure I made my wife miserable and everybody around me miserable because I, I didn't enjoy my work anymore. I didn't enjoy my my hot rod anymore. I didn't enjoy my motorcycle. I didn't enjoy my dog. I didn't enjoy, you know, what I normally did. It's just like it was empty and, I didn't know it, but see, God had something else for me. He didn't want me to just sit there for the rest of my life and do that. He had another great, greater plan. Thank God. But I didn't know it. So I began to pray. I begin to seek God. I mean, morning and noon and night. We lived out in the country, sometimes midnight, sometimes two in the morning. I'm out in the woods, walking, praying, crying. God, what what is it? I mean, I didn't know what was wrong. What, what was the deal? God, talk to me. If I said it once, I must have said it 500 times. Talk to me. What is it? You want me to do something? You want me to do something differently? Well, see, I had a call on my life to get into ministry, go to Raymond and, and get training. And I didn't know it, though. But me being natural and being more carnal... I'm aware of the natural and carnal, so when I say speak to me, I want Him to speak to me like like you do. I want to hear something. I want to see something. I want to feel something because the more carnal you are, the more carnal a response you expect. But God's a spirit, so that's a problem. So I'm clamoring, I'm whining, I'm crying. Please, Lord, please talk to me. Talk to me. Come on, don't leave me like this. Talk to me. What what do you want? What do you need from me? What is it? Help me. Have mercy on me. I mean, if I said it once, I must have said it hundreds of times. Cried and prayed. Talk to me. Talk to me. Come on, Lord. (laughs) Talk to me. I'll never forget it. I was in the floor late one night, early in the morning, in the floor of our little 1969 Marriott mobile home, which is where we were living at the time. Not too fancy. Red carpet, imitation black leather sofas, (laughs) black and red curtains, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm in the floor. I'm in the floor praying for the nth time. God talk to me. Talk to me. Please. Talk to me. Finally, I'm just exhausted. I just I'm just laying there out of gas. Quiet, finally. <laughs> see, I'm trying to hear something out here. I'm trying to hear a voice. I'm wanting to see a vision. I'm wanting to feel hot flash, cold flash. Goosebumps, something. But all that's natural. Can you see that? That's all natural. And God's a spirit. And as many as are led by who? Not not the holy mind. Not the holy goosebumps. Not the holy hot flash. The holy spirit. Spirit. Finally, I'm laying there and I finally got quiet. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but very distinctly on the inside me, I began to realize he's speaking to me. And he said, Son, I have said many, many things to you in the book already, and you don't know them. Find out what I've already said to you in the book. And if I want to say anything else to you, I will. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that's one of the best words I ever got. Now, you know, some decades later, I'm still endeavoring to find out what he's already said to me in the book. Hallelujah. I How many understand that, that answer to thousands of your questions are already right here? They're already in the book. But people are clamoring and trying to get God to do something extra biblical. (laughs) That this word's not good enough for them. I want a a special word. Lord, could you give me a special word? It doesn't get any more special than this. This is the more sure word. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And if people only realized it, it's so wonderful. All it takes is a little faith and a little focus and concentration and time. And you can say, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. Talk to me. And just open to any page and start reading and God begins to speak. Hallelujah. Right off the page, right to your heart. Hallelujah. God is speaking. Stand up on your feet, why don't you? Hallelujah! Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank the Lord for His Word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Word. Thank you, Lord, for your holy, wonderful, divine, sure Word. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Close your eyes, pray this out loud, say, Thank you, Father God. You are my Father. I am your child. And you lead me. And guide me. You talk to me. You fellowship with me. By your Spirit. And by your Word. I love your Word. Your Word is the most sure The guide of my life, you speak to me through the Bible, and I honor your words, I reverence your words, I receive your words, and I'm a doer of your words. Thank you for speaking to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.